Coach Sala bring us in. Um, By the way, should the Dolphins have gone for the record? Should they have gone for the regular season record and tie the NFL record with 73? Should they have done that? Should they have kicked the field goal with a minute 30 left to go? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Like, again, it's, it's also against Sean Payton. So I don't really have, like, I'm not like, you know, it's not like one of those first-year coaches. It's not like Russell Wilson. I mean, the guy has Super Bowls on the other side. Like, go ahead. Break the record on him. That's not going to shake their legacy. Definitely uh-huh. break the record. Like, come on. Come on. You, and first of all, this is that old baseball analogy, that basketball analogy, where some cat from 1966 has the scoring record. Like, that doesn't actually count. I'd imagine what that 71 points looked like in uh-huh. 1966. Just yeah. do it. So in 100 years, that you have that in your wall. Um, can we hear Mike McDaniel real quick uh, before we get to a dog bleep Monday? Mike McDaniel and why he did not send Jason Sanders out to kick the field goal that would have given the Dolphins the regular season record 73 points in what was at that point a 50-point game. As Theo so appropriately and accurately put it, Alabama versus the Citadel in NFL fashion. Uh, here is Mike McDaniel. Um, you know, I, I don't... I try to think through all my my decisions and um, hold them with uh, you know the importance that, that they do have. Um, it felt like chasing points and chasing a record. Um, uh, that's not what we came to the game to do. Um, that doesn't have a bearing on the overall season outcome. And I just didn't. Uh, I, I saw it as. Uh, you know, in that ten times out of ten, you uh, you you can see kneel down in those situations because there was a there was a attainable record um, that was cool, but the message that I thought it would send uh, wasn't really in line with how how I view things. So, That's I, good. That's uh, good. Hey, again. He doesn't want to rub it in any further. I respect that. You guys want him going for the record. And let me put it this way. If you're Sean Payton, proud Super Bowl winning head coach, you were the 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 rumor of every offseason since you quote unquote retired from the New Orleans Saints. Oh, are they going to get Sean Payton? Are they going to talk to Sean Payton? Are they going to interview Sean Payton? The Dolphins, hell, reports state that Stephen Ross was pining for this man. And then you get back in the league with a Super Bowl winning quarterback and you trash Nathaniel Hackett, you trash the previous coaching staff in the offseason, and you create all of these different storylines, and then you get 70 dropped on you, isn't it? It's one thing to have a record set against you. Doesn't it feel worse that a coach, after pulling all his starters for an entire fourth quarter in the National Football League, then has to kneel in order to not face allegations of running up the score Mm. against you? Doesn't that maybe in some universe feel worse than if they would have kicked the field goal that you had mercy handed to you? Yeah. Nobody, especially somebody as as proud as Sean Payton is and is is, uh, overly confident, arrogant, some might say. Uh, He got sabined. He got sabined. Yeah. He got Kirby smarted. Like, hey, hey, um, all in the name of good sportsmanship in the NFL. We'll take this. That's not what I'm about. Think about that. That's the ultimate sunned moment. 
And then you got one of your guys in the trenches almost coming to tears in the locker room <laughs> afterwards. The, the I don't know if we have that. You the, grab the, it. The Broncos left tackle. What's his name? Garrett Bowles. Garrett, Garrett Bowles. Bowles is broken. The Dolphins have bro- <laughs> the Dolphins have broken Garrett Bowles. Breaking news here on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> Garrett Bowles is broken, and the Dolphins did it. He was like contemplating his whole football career in the locker room with reporters after after that loss. The loss was so bad that you know he was thinking it on the field, yeah. and it lingered in his mind so long that he just got – it was almost like a little therapy session, a little powwow, a little yeah. intervention. Uh, Stone Stone has to clean it up. We can't just air oh, it. Some, uh, uh, yeah, we, listen. We, yeah. We, don't, we don't want an FCC violation. We're already teetering on copyright law violation yes. here today, so I, we do not want a, uh, an FCC violation. I do love what McDaniel said in the sense of karma. I do believe in karma when it comes to the football gobs and whatnot. He talked about, you know, obviously we wouldn't have done that in any other spot, so I want good karma throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. you got to love it. He went on to say, too, that if he goes for 73 just to beat a record up 50 in the regular season at flies in the face of everything he preaches to this team about everything that matters is the postseason. Mm. Everything that matters is making a run. If he's going for these arbitrary records in the regular season, uh, he thought that it was hypocritical based on how much he preaches about, hey, this is all in preparation for the ultimate goal. I respect that. I yeah. thought that was very reasoned thinking. It's cool to, to hold up that, that trophy of 73 points and the record and all that stuff, something to lean on and rip their heart out, and especially someone like Sean Payton. A lot of people, I think, probably take a little bit of glee in seeing him suffer, but I thought that was very reasoned thinking, like it always is from, from Mike McDaniel. Let's go to the phones, and where, who are we going to? We have Rick in West Palm Beach. Rick in West Palm on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Ken, I... Ken, I got to ask you a question. I'm old school. I used to listen to Hank Goldberg. Mad Dog was the best. But I remember hearing your name, Levicka. What were you doing back then, like 30 years ago? <laughs> 30 years ago, I was nine. Uh, so I was, no. uh, I was just learning about women <laughs> at that point, reading magazines, that whole thing. No, but weren't you on? I could have sworn you were like on the radio back then or something. Or was there another Levicka? I remember Ken, the name Ken Levicka. I always thought you were like a sports guy or something, though. So Rick, Rick, what I'll say know. is I think that I have taken South Florida by storm so overwhelmingly <laughs> that you believe that I've been around for a long time just because of how damn good I am. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Now, nah, hey, well, that's, you sound great, man. I love your show. But, hey, I'm, uh, I guess, the dog, whatever the thing is in the morning. But, uh, my thing is, uh, McDaniel, why didn't you go for it? I mean, the, the Finns haven't won a Super Bowl in, what, 50-something years. Trent Green, did you hear what he said on, on the telecast? He says, go for it, man. Go for it. I'll hang up. Here, you got to stay, brother. Later. Appreciate you, Rick. Thank you. Um, I didn't see that coming. Uh, so, again, it's what we were talking about, though. Do, do you? It's cool to have that record, but is it going to ruin the season? No. Do, uh, if the Dolphins, I'll put it as simply as this, Rick, okay? I'll put it as simply as this. If the Dolphins in February are in Vegas and they are playing the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. I like San Francisco. The, the San Francisco. Yeah, the the yeah. 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 That's what the Dolphins are going to do. They're playing San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Is anybody going to remember 70 to 20 against the Broncos? It's a mere yes. footnote in the grand scheme of things. Like it yeah. just is. Like, sorry. I I prefer to 10 touchdowns to 9 third downs, okay? Yeah. I don't need the 73. I just, guys, there's a bigger goal than all of this. And I think if this was a different fan base, like the Chiefs, 
people would not care about it at all. But because the Dolphins fan base has had nothing but starts and stops and sputtering and disappointment and mediocrity, mediocrity is worse than crap. I firmly believe that because that's what breeds um, apathy. Mm. The Dolphins have been apathetic, not bad, but apathetic for decades. So now you have this opportunity to do something like this yesterday and a fan base like the Dolphins, because now they can finally be cocky about something. Give us the record. Let's bloodlet the Denver Broncos. Guys, with this team, I'm telling you, there are bigger fish to fry. There is There are bigger goals with this team than hanging 73 in a regular season game. Fan bases that are rooting for regular season records, that's loser stuff. Be better than that because this Dolphins team is better than that. Theo, how about the coaches talk from this guy? I was about to say, it's funny you say all of that, but all offseason, all summer, all I can hear out of number 10's mouth is, I'm going for 2,000 receiving yards. Like, that's very it's a arbitrary goal. to me. It's a goal in route to a, a, a bigger <laughs> piece of the prize. No, you can't save that. that can't. <laughs> and, and also, in 100 years when, when we're dead, I, I want the record on Make the telecast yourself, when Stone Lebanowitz Jr. breaks the all-time Dude, scoring record in, in the radio, NFL. I've been in radio for 45 years. Apparently, yeah. I ain't dying. Yeah, you're not. We're immortals over here. <laughs> I ain't dying. But listen to the I hunt. was a nine-year-old in South Florida. <laughs> in hang out with my boy, Hank. Hammer and Hank. <laughs> in, in 3023, when the, I don't know, Seattle Peanuts break the scoring record at score 75, I want them You're on the telecast. Hypothetical. I want them to. What happened to yeah. the Seahawks? On the tele, they, got, they got shipped out. They okay. got shipped out. Pete Carroll right. died, too. Listen, I, I, I want on the telecast <laughs> them to be like. Trucks? Yeah. yeah. I want them to be like. Oh, remember, this record was broken in 2023 by Miami Dolphins, and then I want my family watching that telecast be like, oh, my God, my dad was there for that game. My dad was a, a Dolphins guy when that – like, I want that. I want a little bit of ownership in this. The 1966 people have it, you, and you they're guys, dead. You guys are being fickle. <laughs> they're not dead. The they're not dead. people are around. You're they're being very fickle. You're being very fickle, and <laughs> you, are, you are attaching yourself to the, the big, shiny thing. You're being very material, if I may. Welcome uh, to 2023. critical of you and Theo. You're being very, very material when you should be appreciating this is part of the journey to a bigger goal, a larger destination to a shinier piece of jewelry, and that's a Super Bowl ring. We give Kevin Durant the scoring title, or these guys the scoring title, and they got bounced in whatever round of the playoffs. I, I, I'd be willing to bet that if these uh, comparisons that we've been seeing all day to the Dolphins being the best offense since the greatest show on turf, we're going to see the Dolphins break every, if this continues, break every tangible offensive record that has ever existed in NFL's regular season history. Um, it's going to be so overwhelming that the 70 is not going to matter. Uh, and it's going to be part of the story that will... Re- and, and it's still the best regular season performance that we've seen since the 60s. Mm. It, it's, it's still an elite one of the best of all time. It would have been the best of all time. For now, it's tied with the best regular season of all time. But with this Dolphins team, regular season doesn't matter. As Coach McDaniel said, Coach Mike, it's about bigger things, baby. Yeah, like getting your Size first matters. playoff win. Yeah, right. Well, yes, starting there. And then the roadmap. By the way, FAU's basketball schedule came out. Their, their conference basketball schedule came out uh, last week. And Super Bowl Sunday, FAU basketball is at Wichita State. Wow. I may be watching the Dolphins win the world's championship in Wichita, Kansas. That's brutal. 
You might have to go through Arrowhead first there, buddy. Yeah. All right. I've been I've been letting you get away with all this Super Bowl talk the past 20 minutes. I know you're riding high, 70 points. You went up against no, Sean listen, Payton. You're I know that good. there's still hurdles ahead, yeah. which is why I'm not caught up in 70 or 73. I know that, you know what a bigger prize is? Not 73, but the Kansas City Chiefs scalp. <laughs> Tunnel vision. You know? So You all, ain't getting that. Full focus. Full focus. Get through the Bills on the first. Chiefs on the Bills. Get, up, get through the Before Bills Before that, first. it's on the Bills one game at a time. And you know where you, you get to can, the little bro. And you know where you can put your money where your mouth is and place a Miami Dolphins Super Bowl ticket? Doesn't FAU go to Vegas at any point during yes, the offseason? They, they play Arizona or, December 23rd. That's in Las Vegas, that's huh? in Vegas at T-Mobile. Guess who was placing a Dolphins Super Bowl ticket? Late. It might be late at that point. You still get some plus odds. Yeah, I'm very will. cheap. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be 50 bucks anyway. Yeah. yeah. So what MVP odds, too? He's like probably second or first right now? He's I think he's probably first. He's, he's way. I think it's he him just, and Mahomes. It's him and Mahomes. They were plus 700 each. I'm sure they both crept down to like 500. Yeah. Uh, do we want to uh, take a break real quick so we have more time for. Oh, we didn't We didn't give uh, Rick his his Robert Solid dog bleep for his dog bleep of why don't the Dolphins go uh, for 73? Um, yeah, it's dog. And also, too, you know what happens when you get 73? You lose. Ask the Warriors. Oh. It's not a joke. It's reality. This guy. Ain't, ain't no joking coming from this guy today. Oh, it's he's all business. Feeling that was great. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. That was really good. Uh, more Dog Bleed Monday on the way. He's the. Oh, you can weigh in, by the way, as well. 888 760 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And at KLV1063. If uh, you'd like to call and continue to praise me, as has been a theme in this second hour, more than willing to take that. Uh, what is something you saw, heard, experienced in sports over the weekend that was total dog bleep? It's Dog Bleep Monday, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That man is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I am Ken Levicka, and I am live on ESPN Law Infringement. So we have to cut it off after 10 seconds in 4, 3, 2, 1. Dog Bleep Monday continues here on Ken Levick Alive, ESPN 106.3. Kev messages in. Uh, Jason Sanders would have missed the field goal anyway, and that would have been a bigger story. McDaniel trying to embarrass Broncos backfires. I think there's something to that. The last thing you Woo! want after Jason Sanders yeah. struggles is for him to come in for 73 and miss a very, very manageable field goal, and then Dolphins fans find another reason to be frustrated more so than we didn't go for 73 because that's how the fan base works. But if you're focused on February, what's the other side of that? It's Jason Sanders puts it through the uprights. He's a part of the team that scored the most points ever in the NFL, and all of a sudden he's got uh, a little more confidence and he's playing a little I, better ball. I don't think that that would have him surging. No. It would me. Uh, Confidence-wise. No. Stop it. No. Stop it. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of Kev, he's a big Canes guy. Uh, you know what's so satisfying about the Miami Hurricanes is they're playing boring, winning football. Yep. There's no drama. There's no temple hanging around. There's we're going to bludgeon you at the line of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line. Because honestly, the Canes' success this year has all been predicated on those <laughs> two sides of the ball, the line it is nasty. Yeah. TVD's good, but I'm telling you, the 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 biggest improvement. Offensive line, which is a wall, they're nasty. Yeah, nasty human beings on that Canes offensive line, and the D line is getting after people. The Canes are boring. I mean, the most boring thing to watch 
And being boring in 4-0 is much better than being routed by Middle Tennessee State. Give me boring Mario Cristobal, and you could conceivably win the ACC. I I know, I know, but it's possible. It's possible because, damn it, there isn't a better offensive line and defensive line combination. No team's improved more in the trenches than the Canes in that entire conference. TVD's the top five quarterback in the country right now. Like, we can say that. And it's because he's just able to stand back yeah. there. Yeah. Bam. And, Bam. And they'll really Bam. be tested. We'll see see Chapel Hill. We'll see the Tar Heels in three weeks when they take on UNC. That's to go to 6-0. and That's the real test right there. You know what's crazy to me, Stone, though? Like, I'm, I'm no longer as concerned about that game. Like, I'm no I mean, longer concerned about Florida State anymore, but we can talk about oh. UNC because Drake May is a problem. UNC, yeah, I'm yeah, worried they'll about. Put up, they'll put up points, but uh, I mean their defenses look good this it year is. too. But I'm just saying, as in like now, I'm more so looking at the Florida State game and the Clemson game. Like Miami is like before the season, I chalked those up as just losses, and you just try to win everything else and keep going. Now I'm like, I feel like there's a level of competence here that can I can get behind. I'm excited. by the uh, hey, by the way, for all of you that think that Dabo Swinney is some football genius, the guy. And for some highly heralded head coaches, this weekend was a bad weekend. Sean Payton, Dabo Swinney. Dabo, this guy, goes out because, and I saw it firsthand, his kicker who was on the roster going into the season, uh, he's not good. And he struggled against FAU. I saw it there in Death Valley on a Saturday night. So what what did big brain Dabo do? A guy who used to be on the team, who is now about to start a finance job up in New York City, uh, he called him and said, hey, you want to come down and kick for me in uh, the, the the biggest home game of the year with yeah. Florida State coming in with a chance for us to get back on track with a potential national championship season? Want to come down here? You haven't put on pads in a year. Uh, the first time that he put on pads was Saturday. Uh, I hadn't kicked in a game in in a year. And so Dabo, hey, just come down. Come down. Come kick for us. Come on. We need you. Um, Dabo Swinney then, to win the game, decided to put the Clemson offense in the position for that kicker who hadn't worn pads in months and months and months and months before he put them on before pregame warm-ups set up a situation for the kicker to win the game for them at the end of regulation, and wouldn't you know it, wide left. Mm. What in the hell was Dabo thinking? <laughs> it goes to show you. I mean, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> it goes to show you how much uh, practice these kickers actually need. Like, you can just call one up and say, hey, come do it. I know he missed it. I get it. But, I mean, it's Dabo. He's a really heralded coach. You can just bring in any uh, slap to come kick some field goals. Uh, you've, got, you've, got, <laughs> you've got Sean Payton having 70 drop down his head. You've got Josh McDaniels down eight, yeah. kicking field goals to pull it within hold five. Hold on. I thought we were talking about heralded coaches. Here. <laughs> Good call. Don't do that. Right, you're right, you're right. Josh McDaniels with Sean Payton. The Belichick tree. That's all you need right That's there. That's right. That's In right. the bio. You're right. That was my he's, mistake. He's a, he's a coordinator. He's a great coordinator. He's never shown us to be a great head coach. And then you've got Dabo. Hey, finance guy, come kick for me. And, oh, hey, we're going to put the weight of the world on your shoulders. Go win it for us against Florida State. Like, what? Are you doing enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dog Blade Monday here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, before we get back to the phones, here's my Dog Bleep Monday contribution. College football coaches mad at old men. College football coaches mad at old men. What am I talking about? Well, let's, let's hear prior to Notre Dame and... Uh, Ohio State on Saturday night. 
Former Notre Dame head coach Lou Holtz was on the Pat McAfee show on Friday. Lou Holtz, who is a very old man. In fact, let me check his age. Uh, Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz, let's see. Old man, I just want to get his age. Lou Holtz, age. Thank you, Google. 86. I was going to go 89. I was Get these days, if you are of the Hispanic community. 86-year-old Lou Holtz was on the Pat McAfee show on Friday, and he slurred his way through this assessment of what Notre Dame and Ohio State was going to be. Sam Hartman won't even get his journey dirty all year. He has time to throw the football. The offensive line, we have great running back. That team is averaging about 10 yards a carry. We have great receivers. So offensively, we're set. Defensively, our defensive line's better. And you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. So I'm proud of that. However, he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice. And everybody that beats him does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. I know that our schedule... It hasn't been the best. We're 103rd in strength of schedule. However, that doesn't bother me because every day we get to practice against good. We get to practice covering our good receivers. Won't be much different than covering uh, the great receiver they have at Ohio State. Uh, that was Lou Holtz, who, by the way, that assessment did not account for uh, not knowing how many men should be on the field yeah. uh, when uh, they're they're trying to uh, go up against that Ohio State offense. That's but how tough they are, though. Uh, they don't even need a left. That's right. That's right. That's Notre Dame toughness <laughs> and Ryan Day. Uh-uh. So that was Lou Holtz's 86-year-old input on uh, on Notre Dame and Ohio State. Then the game was played and back-to-back plays at the goal line. Notre Dame sent 10 men on the field, and Ohio State simply just ran it at the Empty tackle position on the final play of the game with, well, nobody home. And Ohio State won. And Ryan Day, that man, apparently had been watching the Pat McAfee show. And he was able to decipher what Lou Holtz slobbered through on the Pat McAfee show. And Ryan Day was not going to let Lou Holtz live it down. Coach, you knew this one wasn't going to be easy, but it came down to the wire. And what can you say about the performance from your quarterback, Kyle McCord, to finish that drive? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. It'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. What did they prove to you tonight in this victory that you take away and run with? Toughness. Everybody's questioning these kids all the time. We had one bad half the last couple years. That's it. Everybody wants to question these guys. These guys are warriors right here to come back and win. This kid right here to come back in the second half and win. I'm emotional about this for a reason. All right, that's that's just, dude, he's 86, man. Yeah. Like, stop it. Stop it. Just enough already. But then there's more coaches that are mad at old men. Because on college game day on Saturday, and by the way, that was courtesy of NBC, your home for Notre Dame football. Uh, On Saturday, Lee Corso, Lee Corso, he he made a comment about the impending Washington State-Oregon State matchup, a battle of the two teams that, as of now, don't have a home next year. It's the Pac-2 as they're calling it, Lee Corso. Lee Corso, a funny quip, funny quip 
in his preview of the game. Here is, well, let's see, Lee Corso age, Lee Corso age. I just want to make sure that we have this. 88! 88-year-old Lee Corso with his jokey jokerson on Washington State and Oregon State. And nobody wants this bowl. Yeah. Nobody wants it. Poor guys. Because he repeated it. Let's yeah. hear it one more time. Lee Corso, the nobody wants us bowl. Oregon State and Washington State. And the nobody wants us bowl. Yeah. Nobody wants it. Poor guys. Washington State beats Oregon State. There we go. The nobody wants us bowl. Yeah. It's fine. It's true. It's true. Yeah, let's just have a good old giggle about the entire thing, okay? By the way, I just want to do this because I... It's always been Ohio against the world! Woo! What a dork. But then, then Washington State beats Oregon State, okay? Nobody wants us, Bull. Uh, who is... What's the name of the Washington State head coach, by the way? I don't remember his name at all. Is it not my... What are you doing, Theo? Do not... Do, nope. I'm tripping. Yeah, I'm tripping. You yeah, could have. Yeah, yeah. uh, no, Mike Leach is dead. I know. I know. He, he, yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah. I and, was like, and he was in Mississippi State. Jake Dickert. Jake Dickert. You could have given me 700 guesses yeah, who tough. the Washington State head football coach was. I would not give you Jake Dickert. But Jake Dickert, he's one up to Ryan Day. Ryan Day was mad at 86 year old Lee Corso. Jake Dickert, mad at. Or 86 uh, year old Lou Holtz. Jake Dickert, mad at 88 year old Lee Corso. Mm-hmm. Coach. Take it away. Our team is greater than the sum of its parts. I saw a tweet again today. We got zero five stars, zero four stars. We got zero, right? But we're greater than the sum of our parts because of our connection and how we play and the buy-in that they have to their job. And I think it speaks volumes for 18 to 23-year-old young men to buy into that. It's not easy. And, you know, I just told RJ and BJ to come back for year six. This is why they came back. Yeah, this is much on them and it is on us and what we're trying to create because of those guys and their leadership. So we're building something special. You know, I think nationally there's a, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning and I was just watching game day, you know, and Corso comes on and he says, you know, the no one watches bull. That's you know, and I don't really understand it. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people watch the kooks. And the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12. Okay, so I, you know, Coach Corso, he's at the point now where they just, they give him the sheet and he, you know, he reads off of it and they try to make a joke. But it didn't even, didn't even make sense. Okay, it's well documented what ESPN has done to try to, you know, get this, get, to, get our league into where it's at. And I would love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about the, you know, the value that he sees in breaking up the premier West Coast Conference. Okay, and I'd also love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about how he thinks, you know, student athletes and mental health and flying them all over the country is a positive thing. I'm open to those conversations. All right. There's a lot to unpack out of that. Uh, Jake Dickert, who, by the way, said that Lee Corso said something that he did not. Yeah, he lied. Lee Corso did not say it's the nobody watches bowl, so it doesn't matter how many people Watch the Cougs compared to Big 12 teams. They do get high ratings. They do get, that's fine. Random. Uh, That's not what 88-year-old Lee Corso (laughs) said. He didn't say it's the nobody watches bowl. He said it's the nobody wants us bowl. And then Jake Dickert used that, something that he heard incorrectly, to then uh, criticize Lee Corso's age, make a crack at, oh, well, it's just something that's written for him, Mm. something that he's reading. Uh, And so... Coach, I understand your frustration. 
Okay, I understand it. But you mis you 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 misquoted an 88 year old. Then you use that an 88 year old, by the way, who has had countless life threatening health issues over the last several years. You use that to then take a shot at him reading material because you're insinuating that he's not mentally there enough to actually come up with his own material. And then you're going to sit there and say, I'd love to have a conversation with Lee Corso about breaking up the premier West Coast conference. And I'd love to have a conversation about Lee Corso about mental health and flying these student athletes across the country. You just took a shot at him that he can't write a one line joke. What kind of conversation do you think you're having with Lee Corso about the death of the Pac-12 and then uh, college athletics travel? I mean, Jake Dickert. That's loser stuff right there. Good win, and you came off like a jackass after the win. Coach Sala, go ahead and tell Coach Dickert. Um, no, it's dog. I mean, are you kidding me? You mischaracterized an 88 year old who made a joke. As Theo pointed out, it's pretty accurate. Good joke. And then you ripped him, and you're just making stuff up off that. That's not a good look for Jake Dickert. Uh, let's go to Seacat, the audible assassin who you hear on the home team, uh, well, weekdays occasionally on ESPN 106.3 and the analyst for Kaiser University Football. Seacat, what is your, your dog bleep Monday contribution? It's been a tough weekend for me. Hello, Lydia here. Moving apartments, moving out of one apartment into a new apartment all in the same day. So Saturday was a wash. I watched one and a half games late night college football. So on Sunday, after buying a couch for way too much money early in the morning, I get home, I crap open my lawn chair in my living room with my TV who's sitting on the floor, nothing set up yet, but I wanted to enjoy an NFL Sunday. Oh. And I could go the Bears route, I could go the Broncos route, could go the Commanders route. They all looked absolute dog crap, right? But the problem that I have is NFL journalists, proud people, put their face on TV, make a lot of money, can't stop talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I don't care. I don't care. I never have cared. I never will care. But they keep on shoving it down my throat every single show. On Good Morning Football today, they were fantasizing about other eras, pop star, tight end couples. I don't care. <laughs> don't tweet about it, Ian Rappaport. I want to know about Mike Williams ACL. I don't want to hear about Taylor Swift, how she got out of her celebrity box in Arrowhead. So that was my dog crap Monday. Just waking up, I felt hung over, had a pounding headache, Thanks. not because of any alcohol, not a drip of alcohol, but being, being bombarded with Taylor Swift information that was unsolicited. They call um, that a, that's well done. They call that a swift over. By the way, thank you, Coach Shala. Uh, what is your what is your contribution to a dog bleep Monday? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. I'd be remiss if uh, we didn't get uh, Theo's Theo's dog bleep Monday. Theo, what's on your mind? Oh, it's Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, got pounded by the Texans. To <laughs> it's one thing to lose to a divisional foe. It's another thing to do is because I believe this was in Jacksonville, right? I believe it was. It was in Jacksonville. It was, it was in Jacksonville. Another thing to do it at home, but if you're Trevor Lawrence and you are in year three 
um, playing for now your second year in Doug Peterson, who is the quarterback whisperer, the guy who gets the most, squeezes the most out of guys like Nick Foles, brought him to a Super Bowl. Like, this is your breaking out party, your MVP campaign. Everybody's pencil, not even penciling you in, sharpieing in the Jaguars as the AFC South division champions because they by far are supposed to have the best quarterback, best coach, most competent roster. You got Calvin Ridley. You got Zay Jones. You, uh, maybe Zay was out, but you have Christian Kirk. You got Evan Ingram. You got Travis Etienne, Tank Bisbee. You have a, an offensive onslaught of talent. And for you to lose in week three at home to a guy in his third professional start for the Houston Texans, throwing the ball out there to guys like Tank Dell, who I, I did tell you guys about. Yeah. I did I did uh, let you know what Tank Dell oh, can do. Oh, yeah. We had a pretty moist game yesterday. Very, very moist. I would almost say soaking. Um, but he's throwing the ball out there to guys like Tank Dell and Nico Collins. You have Calvin Ridley and these proven vets. And you get not only outplayed by C.J. Stroud in his third start, but now through three games, your stats are three touchdowns, two picks, nothing good. When you played against the Chiefs team, you, you really laid a dud against a squad that Chris Jones was just coming back. Like, you have – I feel like he had the runway this year. He had MVP odds early. And it was seeming like it was going to be the Trevor Lawrence breakout party with Calvin Ridley, all the offseason talk. And through three games, it just looks like an absolute dud. So for them to not only lose to the Texans 37-17 at home, but for him to get outplayed by a rookie and now look like he's not even the best quarterback in his division, Robert. Um, uh, and what did Trevor Lawrence do on social media? Oh, yes. And then he tweets. He tweets out. Two um, note emojis, like uh -huh. he's taking notes. And that was last night. He's, he's looking at social media, the criticism. He's going to show He's going to show everybody. He's taking so receipts. As he's taking those yeah, notes taking and receipts, receipts. Yeah, just go ahead. You can clip this as well. Uh, and hopefully it motivates <laughs> him to play some damn good football because not only were you expected to be well for that Jacksonville franchise, there's a lot of people that drafted that dude high in fantasy football. And there's a lot of us upset folks yeah. around Trevor Lawrence. Taking notes. And Doug Peterson who are taking notes but taking L's to the Texans. You can't get bombed out by the Texans and then sit there and say you're taking yeah, notes. What? what? No. Hey, come on, dude. You need to be watching film. Yeah, dude, you were the note. <laughs> you were, you yeah, were the note. Dak lost to the Cardinals and he said, hey, we needed to be humble. Like, we thought we were better yes. than we were. This is good for us. Yes. It was crazy. I mean, uh, speaking of Tank Dell, uh, you know what the 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 CBS people were, were doing with Tank Dell yesterday? Gushing about him. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. He played real well. How could you not? Yeah. Uh, Tyler excited. in Stewart on a dog Blake Monday here on ESPN 106.3. What's up, Tyler? What's up, guys? I want to talk about this FSU defense in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, giving up 300 yards in the air to Boston College, uh, 350 to LSU, 300 to Clemson. They can't get to the passer. They're supposed to have a top five pick in Jared Burse. He has zero sacks. I'll save you the time. You don't have to look it up. He has zero sacks. <laughs> And uh, also, since when does the team go from number four to number five down in the AP rankings after winning? They averaged 1.1 yard per rush against Clemson, and they converted four of 13 on their third downs. Turn the tape on. It's obvious. They're deep baller bust. And let me just say this. The Hurricanes have two of the best safeties in the country. They're foaming at the mouth. Mm to get a hold of Jordan Travis and oh, get a couple boy. interceptions. Oh, Thank you, boys. We'll hang boy. up. It's a, it's a dog bleep Monday and a bold prediction yeah. all in one. Coach Sala? Um, yeah, it was dog 
Stone, you as a Canes fan, are you salivating for the opportunity to go at Florida State's defense? I am. They look fraudulent. Oh. Or at least they look mortal. I think two weeks in a row. One, Boston College is an awful football team. And yeah. two, to see what they did against Clemson. Yeah, the door's wide open. Uh, that is a successful edition of a Dog Bleed Monday here on Ken Levick Alive. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Management has mandated us to play Taylor Swift bump music. Just trendy. But I want to save them the lawsuit. Copyright law. Only 10 seconds we can play. Four. Three. Two. That's needless. One. That's it. Uh, let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments. To get you back to what you love, don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. For more information, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Stone, can I hear uh, Ryan Day one more time uh, espousing the virtues of the uh, the state of Ohio uh, in response to 86-year-old Lou Holtz. Coach, you knew this one wasn't going to be easy, but it came down to the wire. And what can you say about the performance from your quarterback, Kyle McCord, to finish that drive? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. <laughs> what he said about our team. What he said about our team. I cannot believe. For two this hours. is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. <laughs> It's always been Ohio against the world. Right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. By the way, Lou Holtz, I believe, is from Ohio. I think Lou Holtz is from Ohio. So if so, this is Ohio and Ohio crime. It's always been, it's always been Ohio against the world. I would like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What? Yeah. Lou Holtz <laughs> in his ate, recliner. Lou Holtz ate some applesauce and went to sleep at 9 o'clock, dude. This is, I mean, he's 86. Also, for the past couple of years, it's actually been Ohio versus Michigan, and it hasn't gone well. No. And it's been the world against Ohio, right? They're like a shoe-in for the playoff Ohio past three or four seasons. Yeah. I'm sure the world gives a crap about Akron, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Is he gonna Sandusky, beat up Blue Ohio. What's that? Is he going to beat up Lou Holtz if he sees him? That's what it sounded like. That's a great question. Tomorrow, our A topic, should Ryan Day kick Lou Holtz's ass? <laughs> That's Theo, that's Stone, I'm Ken. Bye-bye.